Listener Production. Wall Street dodges a data bulletin posts its best weekly advance in a year. And Aussie shares expected to begin the week up ahead of Westpac's earnings. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday, November the 6th. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, what a Friday it was. Certainly was, Tom. We've seen a lot of euphoria in financial markets. Let's just quickly reflect on the results. So the Dow Jones up 0.7%, the S&P 500 up 0.9%, and the NASDAQ up by 1.4%. But more impressive were the gains that we saw for the week with the S&P 500 up by 6%. So we haven't seen that type of an advance for a while. Uh, The NASDAQ bettering that by 6.6% in terms of its weekly advance and the Dow Jones up by 5.1%. So whenever you see a move like that, it's really important to just pause, reflect and unpack what contributed to it. So the bottom line is that the markets are concluding that the Fed is in the dressing room, if I'm to use a sporting analogy, and it's uh, perhaps removing the first layer of clothing and hanging it up on the hook. It, uh, is it done in terms of the game? I would argue it's a bit premature to declare victory over inflation at this point in time. So the job data on Friday suggested that the labour market is cooling. We saw 150,000 jobs added in the month of October, below expectations for 180,000 jobs to be added. We also did see a bit of a Goldilocks scenario there where wages growth came in at just 0.2%. So we have seen annual wages at around 4%, the smallest nearly two and a half years. So This all points to a bit of a cooling in those labour market conditions. The unemployment rate ticked up to 3.9%, the highest level since January 2022. Those benign outcomes where the inflation readings were concerned were reflected acutely where interest rate markets were concerned. There was a very substantial rally where shorter dated treasuries are concerned. And that's important, Ryan, because um, that's really the engine room. That's the crucible, isn't it, when it comes to interest rate expectation. So a two-year Treasury note down 13 basis points, 0.13 of a percent to 4.84%. Less so in terms of what the 10-year did, down nine basis points to 4.58%. But importantly, where the long note was concerned, the 10-year, quite a way away from that 5% area that seemed troublesome only you know three seconds ago. What we're seeing at the moment is both bond investors and rates traders increasingly betting about interest rate cuts next year, that they'll be brought forward. And they're now picking, or at least betting, that the US Federal Reserve will cut rates for the first time in June and enact about 100 basis points worth of rate cuts by the end of 2024. Do you think they're getting a bit ahead of themselves? I think they've had too many smarties and too much Fanta, and it's time to go home. But there have been several factors that have contributed to the move lower for interest rates. The Treasury's funding needs have been uh, restrained. So the US Treasury has uh, put out a schedule of having to borrow less this quarter. That has come as a relief because at the margins, there was some breathless conversation about the Fed and the Treasury losing control of the borrowing requirements. Uh, You have had the uh, benign outcomes in relation to inflation in the wages figures there. Uh, The jobs numbers, that's a, a big rally, but Uh, At the margins as well, Ryan, you've had a lot of analysts talking about the value 
that the bond market now represents and that it seems a lot more attractive than it has been historically. And that's a really important feature of why these long-term interest rates are beginning to play a bigger part in the question. Well, I think that's a very good point, particularly around the putting money to work scenario. So what we have seen is people coming off the sidelines, moving out of cash and deploying some of that money into fixed income or bonds over the course of the last week. But I think it's important to point out with the jobs data, while it was weaker than expected, of course, the numbers were impacted by the Detroit strike. So we have seen the United Auto Workers strikes really did impact certainly the manufacturing sector or manufacturing job numbers in particular. And we did see manufacturing employment drop drop by 35,000 due to the strikes at Ford General Motors and Chrysler parent Stellantis over that period. So maybe those numbers will pick up again. The broad picture is one of understanding a little better where the boundaries reside now in this universe. And that's an important part of uh, understanding prices. You have to know where that pain point is. It appears as though markets are pretty confident that the US Federal Reserve's at its terminal rate peak, where it is now. And traders are now pricing in only a 5% chance of a Federal Reserve rate hike in December. That was down from 20% on Thursday. So a big reassessment of interest rate expectations. That was also boosted by the latest update from the Institute of Supply Management and the ISM Services Index was also weaker than expected. It fell to 51.8 in October and that was below consensus for 53. So still expansionary, the biggest part of the US economy, the services sector, but certainly we are seeing that robust momentum in that sector fade and firms are meeting an uptick in new orders with inventory reduction programs, which is quite interesting, Tom. So we're moving into the latter stages of the US company reporting season. And whilst we might be uh, in the final chapter, uh, that doesn't mean by any stretch that we're spared dramatic price moves when it comes to uh, earnings numbers. There were some big moves on Friday, Ryan. Uh, Block uh, has uh, relevance as far as the local picture is concerned. That stock up by the better part of 12%. Uh, at the end of last week. Yes, it announced that it's raising its annual adjusted profit forecast. We also saw Expedia shares jump almost 19% a day after the vacation booking platform delivered stronger than expected earnings for the third quarter and media conglomerate Paramount Global climbed 15.4% after reporting a third quarter earnings beat, but Apple shares were down, Tom. But if we move our attention towards commodities, we did see a bit of a mixed backdrop there. We did see oil prices down. For example, the US oil NYMEX price fell by 2.4% to 80.51 US dollars a barrel. And the reason for that is increased risks around the Middle Eastern supply side. Indeed. So we have got a picture where the ASX 200 is expected to kick off with a gain of around a quarter of a percent, just a shade less than that. Spy futures finished with a gain of 14 points or 0.2 of a percent. The benefit that we have locally this week, Ryan, and indeed a little more broadly, is that we don't have much in the way of news that will interfere with the market's pricing. Of course, we've got the RBA decision. Yes, that's true. But in large terms, you have the markets left to their own devices. So given the scale of the move last week, there is an opportunity to get a a sense of whether or not that move is sustainable or or whether or not it's built on precarious foundations. It's all about a couple of things this week. In Australia, we've got bank earnings. So Westpac kicks off today. 
and Westpac Bank's costs will be in focus with its results, as well as any potential dividend lift or share buyback. The stock's down about 8% so far this year, underperforming the broader index. Net income for the second half is expected at $3.4 billion, with net income for the year at $7.3 billion expected. So the big focus for investors will be on those net interest margins in particular. They're a gorge of profitability, so look out for those. And of course, markets are pricing in a 70% chance of a Reserve Bank rate hike tomorrow. Indeed, those net interest margins and the ability to keep costs under control will be the fundamental factors influencing sentiment around the lenders at a time where the market is incredibly competitive when it comes to uh, retaining market share. You're absolutely on the money there, Ryan. So the Aussie dollar is compared to where it was on Friday afternoon at 64.3. You've got it now trading just a whisker above 65. That all turns around the outlook for US interest rates. It does. So we saw the US dollar tumble to a six-week low after that soft jobs data. And of course, as expectations, the Reserve Bank may look to catch up the other central banks with a rate hike tomorrow. Indeed, there's plenty keeping currency traders on their toes, as we all will be this week with the turf accountant looming large as a vector of wealth creation. We'll be looking forward to that. Have a good day, Ryan. You too, Tom. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.